Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. So as a writer, it's really important to me to be the absolute best when I am writing. You know, I want to be the best writer I can be. And I'm sure you can kind of relate to this too, because you write as well. But in order for me to keep improving and getting really good at my craft or, or really anything I do, whether it's piano or singing or writing, I kind of have to be able to take some negative feedback. And by negative feedback, I mean, instead of someone telling you how great you did at something, maybe they'll tell you, you know, you did good at this part, but you really need to work on this other part. So it's kind of being able to take this this negative criticism or, or the things you're not so great at, but this is really important because when you want to get good at something, you have to be able to recognize, you know, where your strengths and where your weaknesses are. But I know for me, at least, sometimes criticism's a little bit hard to take. Sometimes it might even hurt my feelings. But being able to take negative feedback positively is kind of a key part to being successful and to being an adult. But I don't know about you, Connor. Have you had experiences with either receiving or maybe even giving some negative feedback? It's an interesting question uh, because now as kind of a, an employer running our own organization, yeah. uh, I'm in a position to have to give other people critical feedback. So it's made me think a bit about how I like to get feedback. And yeah. as a dad, I think about how I can help my kids, right? Sometimes they might feel like I'm picking on them or being mean to them by pointing out something they did wrong. But what I have to try and teach them is, look, it comes from a place of love. I actually want you to be better and do better. And so I'm pointing out a problem so that you can correct it in the future. That's going to make you a better person. Um, you're going to you know, like yourself more. You're going to do better, et cetera, et cetera. And so you got to understand it's not trying to just be mean, right? It's not like <laughs> you're, you're awful, you yep. know, like that was horrible, right? It's like, no, well, look, you know, that wasn't as good as it could be. Let's try better next time. Let's try something differently. So it, I think a lot of it depends in how we kind of frame our uh, remarks. In other words, how we, how we, let's see, what's a good way to do it? Like how we try and present the criticism. Yep. If clearly, if you have like an angry tone of voice, or if you're loud, or if you're pointing your finger at the other person, <laughs> or you know stuff like that, clearly it's not going to be taken well. But if you sit down in a very calm discussion, like, hey, look, I want to talk to you about this. I totally get it. Like, I've made similar mistakes in the past, or you know, I understand why this happened. Let's talk about how we can improve in the future. That's a much calmer discussion where the other person can see, oh, yeah, this person you know, cares about me and wants me to do better. And so you're right. Like, I think you pointed out, right, sometimes... Uh, it might hurt our feelings still a little bit, right? Like even if it's said from a place of love, but um, I think that's the best we can do because, you know, if, if we're not being criticized, if people aren't pointing out what we're doing wrong, we're, we're really not going to have opportunity to improve. No, they talk about uh, participation trophies. This is not as big of a deal right now, but it used to be all people talked about that millennials, you know, were, were kind of coddled. They were kind of, you know, overprotected. And a lot of that was because we kept getting compliments, right? Instead of saying, you didn't do this so well, people were so scared to give people negative feedback. They were so worried it was going to ruin their self-esteem. There was this big self-esteem movement in the 1980s where people thought that they had to be, you know, really, really, really nice to kids and that maybe that would help them do better in their futures. But it kind of had the opposite effect because now we were, I don't want to say we, because I don't feel like I was raised necessarily that way. But a lot of people in my age group were raised where their parents were constantly giving them compliments and then they never got better at anything. And I know as a writer, for me, when I first started as a writer, I wasn't very 
good, right? I mean, I, w- I was still had some, some good talents. There was some raw talent there, but I had to keep practicing and I had to be edited. I had to get a lot of sometimes negative feedback telling me like, you know, you're, you're prose, which is kind of like the sound, the, the way you write, the way it's like making writing sound pretty is kind of what I think of prose. Right. But I had to work on that, right? I had editors tell me like, nope, you know, you're, you're really good, but you still need to work on this and this and this. And in the beginning, I used to actually cry when I got edited. I would get very upset. <laughs> but you have to learn very quickly as a writer, like, okay, like if I want to get better, I need to take this to heart and I need to take their advice and get better at this. Well, imagine, Brittany, if your editor just, uh, just you know, wrote or like having a teacher, right? It's one thing to write like A plus or C minus on the top of the paper and then give it back to the person. But if there's no feedback, then you don't know what you did right and what you did wrong or, or what you can improve on. It's the feedback, the specific, you know, critiques. We can call them criticisms, but that kind of has a negative yeah, it does, doesn't you know, it? connotation. So they're, they're critiques or, or analysis, right? If, if you point that out, like when I edit things for people on our team in uh, Google Docs, it's kind of like Microsoft Word. So they, they have similar things. But when we're typing things in Google Docs, there's actually a mode called suggestion mode. And I like editing using that because it, I could go into the the document, the article that my colleague uh, wrote, and I could just make the changes I think are necessary. But then that is depriving that other person of an opportunity to see why I'm doing what I did. And so what I like to do is in suggestion mode, I still do the edits, but what it does is it leaves their writing alone and then it kind of puts mine on top of it, right? So they can kind of see before and after. And I can even leave comments and like, okay, hey, here's why I did this. I want to help you understand, oh, you're you're using passive voice instead of active voice or things like that. And then they can learn and then improve. Uh, You know, with my kids, I uh, my kids right now are 11 and nine. And a few months ago, I started I added another assignment to their little homeschooling regimen. And uh, I've now had them working on persuasive writing. And so every week uh, they're required to pick a topic and we kind of help them think up ideas and uh, they have to write a persuasive uh, essay about that. And obviously they're young. So these are simplistic essays, but you know, you got to have a hook to get the reader's interest Mm -hmm. and you got to make a thesis and then you got to have a few arguments in there as to why your thesis, your, your uh, argument is correct. And then you have to back up each of those little three arguments with kind of an explanation. You can't just say, I think Christmas is the best holiday because you get presents, right? It's like, well, no, you need to then explain with one or two sentences more why. Like, and, and getting presents is good because that means, you know, I have things to play with and I have good memories of the people who gave them to me. Like you, you have to kind of explain it more and then you have your conclusion and, you know, summarize it at the end. And so I've been helping my kids like understand here's the format. And here's why this is so important. It's not just an assignment for you to do this. It's this is how you will be successful later in life. If you can figure out how to write well and write persuasively, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to defend, for example, the ideas of liberty against all the crazy socialists out there. Or yep. you're going to be able to defend to your boss why you should get a raise, right? Like imagine if you have a persuasive uh, you know, little essay or email right, to a, a potential customer for your business. Hey, I want you to do business with us and pay us all this money. Here's why I think, you know, that would be most effective. Maybe you're going to fundraise and you need to tell some rich person why they ought to give you their money. Like there's so many areas of our life where persuasion, persuasion is important. Why do I mention all of that? Because with my young kids, now that we're starting, it would be a disservice to them if I just said, hey, great job. I liked that. 
and then we leave it alone and move on till you know the next weeks like that's not at all going to help them maybe they would improve just slowly over time by virtue of the fact that they're getting older they, they're reading more right they're kind of seeing other examples yep. they can kind of through osmosis uh incorporate <laughs> that into their own writing but no like i want to give them direct feedback so i'll sit down with them and say well you know what you need an additional sentence here and here's why right or here like your hook isn't really engaging well, let's brainstorm some ideas about how to make a more engaging hook what what is it that makes an engaging hook to get someone's attention and little bit by little bit throughout their lives as we kind of talk about these tiny little ideas they're going to improve and remember those things and apply and practice and become much better in life and so it is through the criticisms that we improve like you pointed out and when you were first getting those criticism it's hard it's a, a challenge yeah, especially it when is. it's from someone that you know maybe isn't a family member someone where you or someone you respect of, even someone that you look up yeah. to then it almost like hurts extra bad <laughs> right right um you know and so we have to work through that but you have to recognize that that is the uh the greatest opportunity there was a book that i was skimming just the other day trying to remember that the title's name was something like the obstacle is the way yeah mm -hmm. and and the whole point is like a lot of people in life want to take the path of least resistance right they want to they want to find the shortcuts they want to avoid obstacles and and the the thesis of this book is that the obstacle is the way in other words the the hard things are the greatest things in life that is the way you should go you should not avoid hard things you should actually directly take them on because those are the areas where you are going to grow as a person and do better and have far more success and be more fulfilled in your own life uh, just last night uh, i'm gonna throw it back to you after britney uh, after this britney i realize i've been talking for a bit but stream, <laughs> stream of consciousness a lot of these thoughts are coming out for me just last night i was talking with my daughter and uh she her grandma my mom uh, offered to pay her a bit of money if she memorized this little uh essay and uh, how many words like when you say little no, I'm, I'm trying to, it's like one page okay and uh, and it's a religious thing and so she wanted my uh my daughter to kind of learn about this stuff and so she offered to pay her a bit of money and my daughter just last night was like i need money you know like i i want to buy in her case it's a it's a hoverboard i guess they're called <laughs> right and so she's been saving up and she needs some more money so we're like hey you could you can memorize this and initially for her it was oh, like, that's going to be so hard. I can't do it. I can't memorize well. And so we talked through like why it's important to have confidence, why it's you know important to not be critical of yourself, to, to think that you can do it. And then just this morning, I got a message from her saying that she's already a quarter of the way done because she shifted that mindset and, and, and being open to that opportunity for feedback and knowing that we can do hard things. The obstacle is the way. Like we're going to improve if we are open to criticisms and open to doing hard things. That I think is where we have the most growth in our lives. I'm glad you said that because you actually reminded me of one of my favorite quotes from a podcaster I love named Tim Ferriss. He's also an author, but he says in one of his books, a person's success in life can usually be measured by the number of uncomfortable conversations he or she is willing to have. And I really like that because anytime you have somebody giving you you know, negative feedback, it is sometimes uncomfortable, right? It's not great. But through that uncomfort, through that obstacle, as you call it, that's how we really start to grow. You know, every time it's like video games, you level up, you know, the term level up. Mm -hmm. Every time you do something hard and you get through it, like you're just a little bit stronger. And that's what's so cool about getting negative feedback is it ultimately just helps you be the best version of yourself you can be. And who wouldn't want to be that? The first time I did stand-up comedy, I went up and I had somebody take notes of all the things that, you know, she took notes of when people laughed. So I knew the good things too. I knew, okay, that joke landed. That was really good. 
But then I also had her take notes of, okay, this joke could have been better. You know, you should have waited before you gave the punchline. Um, I walk around a lot when I get nervous. I was pacing back and forth and she's like, all right, you know, maybe stand still a little bit more. But I was able to kind of go home and study those notes and then get better. So it's all it's all to the good end of making us better versions of ourselves. And I think what's interesting. So let me ask you, uh, in that case, did your friend decide to take those notes on her own or did you ask her to do that for you? So I have a lot of friends that are stand up comedians and we always have somebody on note duty. So every time we go, we have somebody who's recording, whose job it is to record. And then the other person with us or maybe, you know, there's a couple people we assign somebody to take notes. So it's kind of become like every time we go, everyone's doing it for each other. And, and what I like about that is you've kind of expected it up front, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Uh, and, and that's, you know, where the topic for today is how to take negative, negative feedback. I think that's a great idea. It's, it's, you're actually seeking input, right? You're, you're wanting that input so you can be better. And so I think one way to take negative feedback is actually to ask for it, right? It's to think like, you know what, I want to be a better writer. I want to be a better comedian. I want to be a better cook, a better software developer, you know, a better marketer, a better lemonade stand operator, <laughs> whatever it is, right? And if you go and ask your your customer or um, you know your friend or someone else who does the same thing, like if you if you ask for their feedback and say, "I want you to be honest. I want to try and improve, and so I want to know areas where I can improve," that puts you in a mindset where it's not just someone coming up out of the blue and saying, "Well, you know, I have some advice to give you, and you need to change all these things." Like we we tend not to do well unless maybe it's like from mom or dad or someone we really trust or love, right? Um, but, but if we ask for it, I think that places us in a good mindset of recognizing that I know what's coming. I've asked for them. I want them to be honest because this is for a higher purpose. It's not that I want to know how awful I am. It's that I want to be better, right? Like I don't want someone to just tell me how flawed I am. That, that doesn't you know, do me any good. But if my goal is to improve, to be a better person, a better dad, a better son, a better, you know, brother, neighbor, whatever, if you have that like higher goal, then the little negative criticisms you're getting, you're kind of putting them in context, right? You're understanding that they're connected to your bigger goal. I want to be, I remember when I was learning the saxophone and my band teacher and my- I did not know you played the saxophone. That's fun. Well, used to, (laughs) back in the day. And, uh, you know, I had a a music instructor and then I had the kind of band, uh, the, the, the conductor, right? And they would point out, oh, no, that, that note was flat. You got to fix that. And I was in marching band, right? So it's like, hey, Connor, your steps aren't right. You got to do this. And, and so recognizing that I wanted to learn how to play saxophone better because I wanted to be in my own band with some friends, I had that goal. And so I was able to take that criticisms better because I was motivated by a goal. It wasn't just, you know, an assignment that I had to do and someone was telling me how bad I was at it. Right. Because then you're not motivated to do better. It's like, what what do I actually want to do? Do I want to be better at writing? Do I want to be better at math? Do I want to learn how to cook better or ride a bike better, play basketball or whatever it is? You have to figure out what those goals are and then go ask for that feedback from other people and they'll help you. They'll point out exactly what you're doing wrong and you're going to improve a lot faster because people can see you doing things that you can't see yourself. Right. Like we may not know, like in your case. Right. Maybe you didn't know that you were walking around the yep. stage as much. That's kind of subconscious. <laughs> I do the, notice, I, yeah. Right. I do the exact same thing. When I give presentations, I'm walking all over the stage and, and I don't even really notice. And so it takes someone else saying like, oh, my gosh, I really noticed that to be like, oh, yeah, I did do that. I didn't really kind of pay attention to that. And so 
if you're in a mindset where you want that feedback and you have a goal to be a better comedian, to be a better speaker, to be a better chef or whatever, um, I think that's when that negative feedback actually becomes very helpful for us. I think you're absolutely right. And I think you hit on one key thing that I wanted to kind of pick back up on. And that is that you, know, you said people you trust, right? You seek out people you trust. One thing I love that the organization I work for does is we do something called 360 reviews every year where you pick five people that you think have a, they've worked with you enough. They know you enough to know both the good parts and the bad parts about your job performance. So you're actually picking the people who do your like yearly reviews. And I think that's really cool because then you get to pick the people again who you trust and who know you the best. So I think that's really important to make sure that when you do seek out this feedback, you're seeking out from people who are respectable and people that that you know will give you, you know, the, the honest, good opinion, but in a way that you can handle. That's excellent. Well, I hope, especially for uh, the younger kids listening to this, this has been helpful. I know mom and dad listening uh, recognize that, you know, this is how to help our kids. This is how to help kids improve is, you know, maybe help them pick out what are your goals? What do you want to improve on? And then you know, those kids can be open to that feedback. So then it's not so much criticism, right? It's it's feedback. It's ideas on how to be better because we have those higher goals. So little action item, maybe you guys can sit down together, you know, mom and child or dad or whoever and kind of talk about this a little bit more. What are those goals and what are opportunities where you can get some really good feedback to actually improve a lot more faster? Guys, head to TuttleTwins.com slash podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. Thanks as always for listening. We really appreciate it. And Brittany, until next time, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.